Hello everyone and welcome to the Commander's Forge. I am your host Andy Bentley and here on the Commander's Forge it is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I feel is important while I try to bring mental health into gaming. Now today I wanted to bring on somebody that honestly we haven't known very long but we've loved just about everything we've seen them do. So uh, why don't you give us a quick rundown on who you are and uh you know, squirrels. <laughs> and squirrels, yes. Um, online, I'm known as Anomaly, so you can just call me Lee. Um, I kind of stumbled into making TikToks a few months back and uh, started talking about how I'm learning how to play Magic the Gathering, and it's been a lot of fun. And when it was time to build my first deck, that was right when uh, the spoilers for Modern Horizons 2 came out, and... I needed to have squirrels. It's it's a it's a big deal for me. So I've just been having fun uh, learning how to play the game with Chatterfang, and loving every second of it. Yeah, I've also loved like just going through your comments occasionally because there is so mm -hmm. many people supporting you. It's so nice. Like I, I mentioned it before but i'm starting to feel a little bad about the first ever tiktok that i made because i i wanted to learn how to play and i tried visiting a game store by myself for the first time and it ended up being a really crappy experience and i went home and i made a tiktok basically insulting magic the gathering players but doing that brought out all of the good people uh, in the MTG community going, I promise we're not all like that. Here, we're going to follow you. You follow us back. We'll teach you things. We are not toxic. We'll show you how this all works. And it's been it's been a complete 180 ever since. And I've been loving every second of it. Yeah, that's definitely how I found you. My TikTok tends to be a little more variety-based. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm always there to offer advice or, you know, try and give out the rules in the comments whenever I can. It's always helpful. It really is. I write down so much of what I read in the comment sections between TikTok and Twitter now. Yeah, I follow you on Twitter too, and uh, I love just seeing the community come in to help you. It's been great. Um, I finally got my best friend to decide to learn how to play, and uh, they just picked up their first deck today i don't know much about it yet so I, I gotta wait back to hear more on it but it's been because of the wonderful experience that i've been having meeting all the people in the community and being able to learn how to play and learning how to use spell table talking to people all over the world not just our country it's it's made them become interested in it just from hearing about how great of an experience it's been for me yeah, and speaking of spell table, I would love to get a game in with you sometime. <laughs> yes, please. Just do not expect much. Oh, that's... I'm I, still getting the hang of it. <laughs> see, my thing is, I have 30-some-odd decks, so oh, I can play cool. just about any power level. What's your favorite one? Oh, that's a tough call. Um, <laughs> see, because I, I, I kind of keep them on a rotation. And uh, this year it's been uh, Linden the Steadfast Queen, mm -hmm. Niv Reborn, uh, which is a companion deck with Gigantha the Wellspring. 
You know, I've never gotten to try out the companion mechanic. Is it basically like an extra commander? Uh, kind of. It's like a one-use commander, because if it, if it dies and you don't have a way to reanimate it, it just goes to the graveyard. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, those have kind of been, like, my two, like, go-to decks this year. I want to make a new deck. I do want to make a new deck, but so far, every time I've started on one, I, my brain's gone, well, it's not squirrels. So it's kind of shut down the, the creative process of it, and now my entire table is filled with so many stacks of cards. I actually hadn't um, thought so about that, because I, I saw... <laughs> You roll the die, and you hit Brunor, and you were, like, starting to build it, and then you were like, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, I wasn't... There was nothing wrong with that color combination. It was just... My thought was that, okay, I really want to learn how to use other mechanics and other colors. The, the way that I got into the game was Chatterfang, and uh, I've been able to learn so much about how black and green works in general and how they work together that I figured it would be a good idea to try that again. Picking a commander I knew nothing about but looked cool and and just go from there. But the the red right the red and white combination it just it was too straightforward for me. It didn't feel like there was a lot of variation in what the deck could do. It, it just felt like deal random one or three damage, uh, equip a creature, and bonk. And right, I, right. I I wasn't really interested in that. Uh, what if I told you I had a thought about that? Tell me things. All right, so you started with green-black, and you tried to move to red-white. What if you compromise, and you go in the middle, and you go with black-white? So that would then be a mixture of life gain and losing life to benefit me? Yes. Or it can be tokens, or it can be spell-slinging. But more importantly, it's because of another aspect of you. Because mm. I know you like to go by Kaya the Squirrel Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have a Kaya Ghost Assassin, a Kaya Bane mm -hmm. of the Dead, and a Kaya the Inexorable that I want to send you. Holy crap, really? Yep. Cool, yes, please. And I figure that can be the start of a new deck. That would be amazing. Uh, do you want to do trades for it? I don't have a whole God, lot of no. I do have some cool cards. No, and I'm not just sending you three cards. I'll send you a stack of stuff and... You can have fun with it. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, but uh, moving past that, because oh, I could yeah. keep going for hours, because you're just a wonderful <laughs> person. No. When Wizards did their stream the other day, and they announced, you know, the 27 million products that are coming out next year. Mm -hmm. They did announce the four standard sets. And I know you're very new to Magic, and standard is not something you've ever dabbled in. And don't. It's a waste of time. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I did try it on Arena, and it didn't last very long. See, Arena's better, at least. Because you can kind of get in, try it real fast, and then be like, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I, I tried it out and was like, eh, and I was interested in Commander, but it seemed more overwhelming with having more cards and playing against more people. But the second that I played my first Commander match, I was like, Arena what? Arena who? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I had to look 
so I just kind of wanted to pick your brain about the four standard sets mm-hmm. because I know you basically know nothing about magic lore, right? I know very little outside of, I learned a little bit about Brunor and I learned about Nicol Bolas and Kaya and some about Tefiri, but I, most of it, I do not know. All right. So this is, this is just kind of, uh, a look into magic from the eyes of somebody who hasn't been playing long. Okay. And the first uh, set of next year is called Kamigawa Neon Dynasty or Destiny. Mm -hmm. It's one of the two. I forget. I'm sorry. Uh, Which is a set that uh, Wizards has basically said they were never going to go back to. Uh, right. I, I've heard the name Kamigawa before, and I did see a lot of people starting to, to freak out about going... Is it a plane? It is. Yeah, so it seems like a lot of people were really excited to go back to that plane, and it, it they were uh, mentioning a, a few very specific characters or creature types that were associated with that plane that they were really excited and hoping would come back, but I, I don't know too much past that. All right, so... Kamigawa is essentially the original Kamigawa sets are feudal Japan with a spirit realm. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, And during those three blocks, it was a war between the land of the living and the spirit realm. Okay. So like an avatar, the last airbender kind of feel very much. So yes. Okay, cool. I'm with you so far. Now, Kamigawa Neon Destiny Dynasty, it, it's, it starts with a D, uh, takes place 2,000 years into their future. So this time, when you're going, we're going to be going back to the same plane, but it's going to be set in a different time period. Very, very far into the future, yes. Got it, okay. So, in the original set, some of the main... Uh, types of creatures you had were ninjas, samurai, spirits, uh, goblins, humans, ogres. We've seen the art for the new planeswalker and he's like a cyber ninja with like a little pet tanuki or something like that. Kido? I I don't think I've heard somebody say that name out loud. Kiido? I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it at this moment. Uh, so, yeah, in your opinion, mm-hmm. what do you think the new Kamigawa is going to be like coming in completely blind? Uh, coming completely blind, my very first thought was that there would be some updated weapons, but I thought that clashed with uh, something someone told me once about how uh, Magic the Gathering wasn't supposed to really have like futuristic type things in it or or guns, for example. And I'm wondering, I'm pretty interested in how they're going to avoid futuristic weapons when it's going to be set in the future or if this is going to be the introduction of that into the game. That would definitely send ripples. Yeah, it would. <laughs> My boyfriend's been playing since 98 
And I know he's waiting on pins and needles to see if that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, that's that's a long time. I've only been playing since 2011 myself. That's still 10 years. I mean, that's true, and my collection reflects that, and so does my bank account. Hey, <laughs> ouch. Uh, there's been a lot of talk online about what mechanics might be returning. And uh, there was one mechanic that I liked that apparently a lot of people didn't called Bushido, which was the uh, mechanic for the samurai, which was whenever this creature gets uh, blocked or is blocking a creature, it just gets plus one, plus one, or whatever the Bushido number was. Oh, you know, I think I've seen a card that had that word on it, but I didn't know what it meant. Uh, the most popular mechanic from the set was ninjutsu, which was the ninja ability, which was if a creature attacked and wasn't blocked, you could pay a cost and switch in the ninja so the ninja would hit instead. And they usually mm -hmm. had effects where if they hit, they did something. Gotcha. So a lot of people are wondering if that mechanic's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, personally, uh, I think Ninjutsu will come back because they've proven time and time again that it's a very popular mechanic. Mm -hmm. I just think they might they might tweak it a little bit just to make it a little more um, futuristic. Right. I'm wondering with the name as well, is it going to be like Neon Dynasty? That's what the name of it is going to be? I think so. so. I want, I can, it's irrelevant, I guess, but I, I'm interested to know if the, with them putting the word neon in it, if it's going to affect the colors of the art. I really like the art in the game. Uh, I think that's one of the things I'm actually excited about. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm expecting to see, like, a lot of cityscape. Uh, the neon kind of invokes, like, that like late 1920s feel for me but that's mm -hmm. just me personally is it common in this game to return back to certain planes um it has been in the last few years uh let's see the original Innistrad set was back in 2010 i believe okay. they returned to that in uh, Shadows over in Estrad block, which was still a two-set block at that point. Uh, Zendikar was an original block back then, too. And we returned there with uh, Battle for Zendikar, which was a couple blocks. And then returned again with uh, the last one in there, which the name is escaping me at the moment. But it go went back to Adventure World after the Eldrazi were kicked out uh, let's see um dominaria is well we'll speak about that in a little bit because we're going back there later that year yeah we've kind of done this thing where after a certain amount of time they seem to want to go back and kind of see it in a different light like there's been uh there was the original ravnica block then there was the return to Ravnica block. 
Mm-hmm. And then there was Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, and War of the Spark, which all took place in Ravnica. Got it. Okay. And I know War, I know War of the Spark. That's the one that has the really dramatic, emotional trailer, right? Yep. With, that had a Liliana. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm, this is this is good. I'm getting better. I'm recognizing so many of the words that you're using. That's <laughs> <laughs> exciting for me. But uh, yeah, I I I also think like the art is definitely going to show, especially how different this is from the original uh, Kamigawa, because the original Kamigawa was very, you know, muted colors, open landscape, you know, like feudal Japan. Right, but these spoilers are making it seem like it's Feudable Japan meets Ready Player One. Yeah, that's kind of that's uh, kind of the vibe we're getting. Are you excited about going into that kind of direction in the game? Um, I don't know if I would say excited. I am anxious to see how they do it i am remaining cautiously optimistic it's <laughs> probably best <laughs> yeah uh but i think that's enough on kamigawa so we're gonna move into the next one that they talked mm-hmm. about which is called streets of nukapena which um is where i'm really worried about them possibly introducing guns because this is a brand new set Apparently, it's based in a city that was built by angels, but is now run by five demon uh, crime families. Oh. Okay, cool. I'm seeing that. And they also said uh, this is going to be a three-color set. So all the cards that will come out with this set will only be within those three colors? Not necessarily. What that means is, like, they say there's five families. Each of the families would be centered in three colors. Got it. Okay. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can go on to have you guess, because I'm guessing on this set as well. Uh, but there is a lot of discussion online whether it's going to be the shards or the wedges. And what that means is... The Shards from Shards of Alara, which are the three color sets that are like Esper, Jund, that grouping. Mm-hmm. And then from Cons of Tarkir, you have Mardu, Jeskai, and all those. And then they also have new names from Ikoria, but I don't care what they are. They will always be the Cons colors. <laughs> but if you want to give me a couple of thoughts on what you think might be there... Be my guest. Let's see. So it's going to have three different color. It's going to be within the three color theme. So is that going to be similar to what they did with Strixhaven? Uh, similar in that, like, the three, whatever grouping of three colors they do would be like one faction, which would be very similar to how, like, the two colors mm-hmm. were one school or one guild. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if they released any new uh, 
angels or demons in this set but it's going to be a brand new world so i'm not even quite sure what to to think about it do we know if it's going to be set during the same time period as the neon dynasty that's a good question but uh the way uh planes work in magic is most of them aren't connected so most of the people in the streets of Nukapena wouldn't even know Kamigawa was a thing. Got it. Okay. Um, and I'm seeing online that it's going to be a brand new environment that's important to Elspeth. Yeah, there's it... a lot of speculation on whether it's her homeworld, but in the past they've said that her homeworld was destroyed by the Phyrexians, so... We don't know if they're retconning something or if she just did something there that was integral to her past. I would be so excited if they made a new uh, planeswalker out of her, a new a planeswalker card out of her for oh, this set. I agree. I would. I'm always happy to see what they do with Elspeth. Yes, I want to learn more about her. That'll be a great reason, like for me to get more into to learning about her in the lore yeah i don't i really don't know much of anything um so are they gonna so there's only there's only so many different color combinations you can do with them i'm really interested i don't even i don't even have much to to speculate on with it saying that it's going to be a whole new world it's going to be feuding gangs i wonder if they're going to have certain cards that are meant to uh work with each other certain demon cards that'll pop off really cool combos together or that certain cards will uh be at an advantage or a disadvantage when paired against uh a rival gang color <laughs> i'd be really interested to see that that's coming out next year yes so that that is the cool. uh quarter two standard deck uh standard uh set well it's okay even if they're coming out with standard sets because people that play commander will still be able to pick and choose different cards to put in their commander decks for it right yeah. and like modern horizons that's um especially in the last i want to say like four or five years uh they've definitely put a, an emphasis on uh Putting cards in sets that commander players are going to want. Good. I hope that sends a strong message that commander is actually one of the popular formats. Like, I feel like that's a, just a good business move. <laughs> right. And uh, commander is, per their words, the most played format at this point. That makes sense. Then I wonder why they're concentrating so heavy on standard sets. Or, ooh, I wonder if they'll make a, a Commander Precon that will go along with that same world. Is that normal when they come out with standard sets? Uh, so they've been doing at least two Precons per standard set. And cool. I do believe the Quarter 2 is the one that's going to have the year's uh, Commander decks released alongside of it then that's going to be really exciting oh what about nick bolus he's he's like gone gone right he's trapped or something or is he just gone gone uh he is currently trapped in a pocket dimension that uh his twin brother 
Eugene the Spirit Dragon created. Do you think there's any chance if we're going to a world that's run by by gangs of demons that they would try to set him free? Mm, I don't think so. I think they're going to put Nicol Bolas on the back burner for like the next seven, eight, maybe ten years before they bring him back. But they, I think they specifically didn't kill him off so they could bring him back in the future. That was exactly my thought process on it. If he was trapped somewhere instead of just killed off. Uh, I, I started playing the game after he was trapped, I guess. So I I didn't get to live through that time period when he was a really big deal. And I'm, I'm interested to see him make a comeback just so I can see what kinds of cool, crazy things he can do in the game. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people uh, saw enough of boss for a while he got was, it uh, okay it's just he me. was everywhere for a little bit well now it seems like ugin is everywhere yeah that's true i think i've seen enough of him too <laughs> okay good well then it's good that they're coming out with a set that'll have the angels and the demons hopefully we'll get some cool new demons introduced i think we're gonna see more demons and less angels I think it's more of a, like, the demons took over this town, and now that mm -hmm. the angels are gone. But again, it's all speculation at this point. Right. So when do they usually start doing spoilers for these things? Like, uh, how far out? <laughs> well, see, that's a, it's a odd thing to answer, because sometimes they show you a couple cards, like, months ahead of time. But traditionally, spoiler season starts two weeks before the uh, pre-release, and then the week after that is the full release. Understood. So we still have some time to go ahead and try to speculate and figure things out, make predictions. Yes. But speaking okay, of good. predictions, uh, let's move into the quarter three standard set, which is Dominaria United. Okay. Now we have to get into a quick little um, history lesson. All right. Dominaria is the first plane. It is the first plane. It is the plane that housed everything from, like, first edition to, like, I don't know, sometime after the Weatherlight Saga. Okay. Uh, and then after that, there was a long stretch where we never went back. And then uh, eventually they did go back to Dominaria, but it was, again, part of the storyline of the Gatewatch versus Bolas, and we're going to do this thing, and we're going to fight Bolas. And they just... Great draft set, but the story was starting to wear thin at that point. Okay. Okay. So, with Dominaria United, uh, I believe, uh, I think it's going to be centered around Joya and her crew on the Weatherlight. Why? Because I feel like the story kind of got stole from them last time. And okay. I, I would just like to see a story with, you know, a 
kick-ass female lead that's just flying the skies and bringing everybody together. Okay, that makes sense. All right. I was I was low-key rooting for Tefiri, but I think that's just my thirst showing. <laughs> well, I see, I think with Teferi being in this upcoming uh, Innistrad set, we're mm -hmm. probably not going to see him too much next year. But I oh, guess okay. Dominaria would be like the one place he might pop up. Yeah, I always thought that he was like synonymous with that plane. He very much is. <laughs> okay, good. At least I got. At least I'm starting to place the characters with their planes correctly. But I've I've, I've seen some of the cards uh, for Teferi, and they all seemed really powerful. Oh, so yeah. I was interested. I was interested to see if, if we're going to be returning back there, are we going to see some more OP Teferi cards? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. Understood. I don't know much about Joyra. Uh, so, Joyra is immortal. Uh, she was one of the students uh, that I don't even know the full story. I just know that uh, she's immortal, Joda the Archmage is immortal, and Karn the Silver Golem is technically immortal. Okay. Uh, and in the last seminaria, uh, Joyra fixed up the weatherlight, brought together a crew... And then the Gatewatch kind of took over the story. So you think since the Gatewatch took over the story this time around, it'll be Joyra's time to shine? I sure hope so. That'd be neat. I'd like to see what goes on with her. I'm looking at I'm looking at some information about her right now so I can better understand her. Okay, so that's why she's so she became nearly immortal after drinking water that slowed her age process? Yes. Wild. Okay. This is cool. I love the lore. It gives it gives so much context when I'm playing the game. Well, if you love lore, that actually kind of segues nicely into the last standard set of next year. It's called The Brothers War. And I'm guessing those three words don't mean a whole lot to you right now. No. Okay. So the brothers that the Brothers War is referring to is Urza and Mishra. Uh, okay. Urza was a uh, very skilled planeswalker. Uh, mm -hmm. Caused the Ice Age on Dominaria. Uh blew up a bunch of stuff and eventually led to the Phyrexian invasion. They're the reason why we have Phyrexians? Well, they're the reason Phyrexians are uh, as major as they are. Got it. Okay. I've so, heard of Urza, but not Mishra. Uh, Mishra was his brother. Um... He was also an artificer, but not 
I don't think he was ever a planeswalker. But yeah, so the the main thing is uh, they got into a really big scuffle. They, you know, blew a bunch of stuff up. There was giant mechs of some kind. Yeah. So now we're going to be returning back to their feud. Yes. From what I understand, this is going to be like in the height of the Brothers War. If they figure out another way to bring more Phyrexians, I'm going to be upset. There's a lot of people that do not share that sentiment. Uh, for me, they were really... They've been very difficult to play against, I guess. I guess that's just my 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 opinion. That's, so, that's fair. Uh, you must know somebody who plays in fact. My boyfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah. I really don't have the time to like go through everything with the Brothers War. Uh, man, uh, there was a set way back in the day called antiquities mm -hmm. antiquities was antiquities from the end of the brothers war that's how far back this lore goes okay and it's always been talked about as a part of the history but it's never been seen if that makes sense so it's part of the lore that this the, those things happened, but they never went into detail about it? Correct. Okay. So maybe this time they will. I sure hope so. I also yeah. hope that we get a Mishra that's uh, playable in Commander, because his original card is kind of dookie. Got it. Ooh, and... maybe now he'll be a planeswalker too. Oh, maybe. And I'm hoping they dial Urza back by like five dials from when they released yeah. him with the first Modern Horizons. Yes, please. Because that, that card yes. is just bonkers. It is. I've learned now. I've played in, against enough decks that had Urza that I know the second that card comes out, I have to do whatever I can to get it off the field. The battlefield because they're going to use that card to pull off a whole bunch of stuff and within two turns i'm the board's going to be completely filled yeah. and I'm, I'm going to be dead within three turns of of urza being out almost every time that i haven't done something to get that card off that'd be great if we could dial back urza just for a little bit yeah i i would enjoy that oh man it's already been over a half an hour and uh my episodes are usually only like 16 minutes long <laughs> Oh, sorry. I no, do, no. I do babble. Great. This has been wonderful. <laughs> oh, good. I was worried since I don't know a lot of stuff that maybe the talk wouldn't have a lot of like substance or depth to it. No, nah, this has been fantastic. Okay, good. But that will probably bring us towards the end of the episode. If you want to give everybody just a little nugget of where they can find you online. You can find me on TikTok as Anomaly, or you can find me on Twitter uh, my at, at Anomaly in the number one. Wonderful. And as always, wherever you're listening to it, leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube. 
if you want to help me pay off the tax man or the IRS or whatever you call the people that steal your hard-earned money, the PayPal, as always, will be in my link tree. My Patreon is also in my link tree, along with all of my social medias, besides my Facebook, because I don't use Facebook anymore, because it's full of toxic people. And, uh, yeah, I will see you next time. That brings us to the end of the podcast. I would like to thank Nate and Erica Jacobs for designing my logo, and Cody Mulpey and Ian Foss for allowing me to use a sample of music from their band, The Crypt. The podcast can be found on YouTube by searching Commander's Forge. The podcast is Commander's Forge, that is C-M-D-R underscore Forge, on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at BentsMister, that is B-E-N-T-Z-M-R. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, here's to fun games and sick plays.